Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Genesis. Tonight is study number 5 of Genesis chapter 6. And we're beginning in verse 1. And it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born unto them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were fair, and they took them wives of all which they chose. And Jehovah said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh. Yet his days shall be a hundred and twenty years." There were giants in the earth in those days, and also after that, when the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men, and they bare children to them, the same became mighty men, which were of old, men of renown. And I'll stop reading there. Now, um, in our last study, we were discussing the 120-year period. And again, the 120-year period was the 120 years prior to the flood. Uh, Since we know when the flood began in 4990 B.C., if we just go back 120 years, we come to the year 5110 B.C., and that's um, the time when Noah was 480 years old. And God gave the timeline. You know, people, critics really, they accuse and charge the children of God as being date setters. And really, the way that charge is leveled today, you would think to look to the Bible and and to see information about a date for the end of the world is the worst possible thing you could ever do worse than speaking in tongues, worse than falling over backwards, worse than holy laughter, worse than you name it, all, all of the excesses and uh, transgressions that the Christendom, the corporate church, and, and even many outside the church are involved with. Those things uh, are passable, you're still brethren, but if you set a date, if you violate the church's stated position that no man knows the day or hour, then you are a false prophet, a date setter, and so forth. They they come down as hard as they can. You know, there has been a tremendous effort put forth by the world and the church in unison to make date setting such a terrible crime, such a horrible thing that, you know, they're, they're trying to apply all of the possible peer pressure they can apply. It's man in his attempt to, um, bring down an iron fist upon the children of God and, and to, 
threaten them and, and to frighten them away from setting a date. And it just makes me wonder all the more why. Why is that such a horrible thing? Why is that the most horrible thing? It's not just a horrible thing amongst horrible things. That is the crime in Christianity at this time. If you think that the Bible, the all-knowing God, is why God's elect think this, who knows the end from the beginning and has made statements in his word that he sealed up information till the time of the end and, and so forth. God's elect have good reason for thinking this, but if they dare to think along these lines, well, they had better be ready to face the judgment of man, the judgment of professed Christians, the judgment of the populace of the world, of society. Yes, society permits gay marriage, that That's no crime in society's mind. And society permits abortion. And they're getting to the point where they, uh, you know, a partial birth abortion where the baby's practically out and they still would allow for it. Or they even permit society, it, of course, frowns upon it a little bit, but they even permit people to take the aborted baby parts and to experiment on them and to ship them UPS or or some other overnight service. Yet all that is fine in society's eyes. Yet if you're a date setter, oh, a horrid date setter, you are a criminal. It is really how it's presented. It It is presented as though you have done the worst thing possible. And again, why? Why is there so much effort, so much focus, so much um, stress laid upon this particular point? Why do people want us to drop it? Why do they not only want, but they'll go out of their way to, to really label you the worst heretic imaginable if you don't drop it and you're not brethren you're you're not one of the christian body if you continue to set dates well of course god's elect are not frightened nor are we scared off from continuing to look in the bible anywhere we please by the provision and grace of God. God has given us his word. And the word of God includes Genesis all the way through Revelation. It includes Matthew 24 and Mark 13 and Luke chapter 21 and and the whole book of Daniel and the whole book of Revelation. It includes parables where the Lord Jesus goes into detail concerning the end of the world. And it includes information such as we find here where God is given a timeline. God himself is given a timeline to Noah. In other words, God's setting a date. God's telling Noah 120 years. 
120 years, and it's the allotted amount of time to build the ark. And we know, 120 years later, God will destroy the earth with a flood, and everything with the breath of life will die except the few that have gotten on board the ark and and been protected and found the safety and security within the confines of the ship that God had Noah build. And so, so since God is our example, since the Lord Jesus Christ is our example, and God here is given a timeline, he is given, you know, a starting point, 5110 B.C., an ending point, 4990 B.C., 120 year period of time. And during that time, he will be long-suffering. He will patiently put up with the sins of the people of the world of that day. And during that time, while the arks are preparing, God will save. The ark was built to the saving of Noah's house. Eight souls were delivered from the flood and... It's very possible that God saved the three sons and their wives and Mrs. Noah. Maybe God saved one son um, the first year and the, next, uh, the second son 50 years later. And maybe the, the last son to be saved was saved the week or the day before the flood came. And then God had saved everyone to be saved for that period of history, and he could shut the door. He could shut the door. And, of course, when God takes an action, it's a sovereign act of a sovereign king, and God determines, well, I have saved, or I will save, whom I will save, or I will have mercy upon whom I will have mercy, and compassion upon whom I will have compassion. And in his good pleasure... He determined to save eight souls from the flood and no more. And he shut the door. He shut the door on men, women, and children. He shut the door on infants and and toddlers and uh, young boys and girls and, and preteens and teenagers and, and every other age group. Uh, he shut the door on the elderly as well as the young. God shut the door because of two things. Well, one mainly was he saved everyone that he had before determined to save. And secondly, the salvation of those that he had before determined to save coincided with his timeline. And then when the timeline was fulfilled... The door shut. And, you know, you, you could have people who would, at that time, maybe be critical of, of God and say it's not fair, it's not right, it's not just. A, a good God wouldn't do that. A loving God would not shut the door when there's so many people outside of the ark that will perish as a result in the floodwaters. But, you know, the flood was a tremendous deluge. And, and the waters came from practically everywhere. For 40 days and 40 nights it rained. And we know that water came from below and water came from above. 
in deep space clouds full of water, what previously was a water canopy more than likely protecting the earth from harmful rays, and water came from everywhere, but it's very likely that the first day when it began to pour, that no one died, or or maybe just very few died in the second and the third, maybe for the first week. And people would have then been desirous to enter into the ark. And they would have known about it, of course. Obviously, there's only one shipbuilding project for the last 120 years in a relatively small population of the world. Everyone, pretty much, was living in the same general area because there was only one continent, one huge landmass, and word certainly would have gotten around. Noah was a preacher of righteousness, and with every nail he was preaching, and and anyone who would have come by and to see that strange sight of the ark of preparing, Noah would have given them the timeline. Well, you know, 50 years ago, God told me, he warned me that he he was going to destroy the earth with a flood, and I had 120 years to build this boat, we have 70 years left. And that's so long a time, people wouldn't have cared. They wouldn't have even thought about that. But then it got down to 30 and 20 and 10 and a year, and, and more than likely people were getting nervous But still, man is so stubborn in his sin, so set in his rebellion, that he just cannot humble himself to submit to the will of God on a matter such as that. And so in his pride, he does not seek to enter into the ark. No, he'll wait and see what happens. And then the rain came. And it continued to come. Such a downpour, certainly, that people had never seen. And maybe not the first day, even though Noah did have the exact date, the exact day by that time, because God had told him, yet seven days. But maybe the first day they thought, well, it's just a coincidence that it's raining so hard on the day that he said. And then the second day. It, 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 you know, eventually it's going to click and people are going to realize that he was right. God is destroying the world with a flood and, and the only safe place is inside the ark. So you could have people approaching to the ark and, and still it's the second, third, fourth day and and yet the door shut. The door shut. God shut the door. God never opened the door again. So it's the sovereign decree, the sovereign will of God. He will have mercy because he's a merciful God, yet he will have mercy upon whom he will have mercy. And, and there are Others that God has before ordained and determined because he has determined whom to save, 
that they will not become saved. They are not his elect, not predestinated. And, and so God will not open the door. Their sins were not paid for by the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Their sins were upon them and they must die because the wages of sin is death. Well, this is the situation that we're entering into here in Genesis chapter 6. God has carefully allowed time to develop, and he's nearing 6,000 years of history, all in order to illustrate the fact that the world will be judged that God will destroy the sinner and God will save his people. That's what the ark and the flood illustrate. It is a prefiguring of the end of the world when God will save all of his elect delivered in Christ and will destroy the rest of mankind all that are not his elect, they are still in their sins. And and so God um, allowed history to unfold to this point in order to provide this drastic historical parable and illustration of what would come at the end of time. And so too is the 120 year reference, not only a reference, for the timeline until the flood, but we can understand it as though God is saying that the 120 years identifies with the allotted time for mankind in this world. And I think I mentioned this before, that when we look at the Bible, we know that the Bible, through the biblical calendar of history, teaches us that the world was created in the year 11,013 B.C., and that the Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ, was born in 7 B.C. after 11,006 years, um, 2,300 days of history. Then Christ entered into the world and went to the cross. And at the cross in 33 A.D., Satan was bound. And here's what we read in Revelation chapter 20 concerning the binding of Satan. In uh, Revelation 20 verse 1, it says, And I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit, and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil, and Satan, and bound him a thousand years, and cast him into the bottomless pit, and shut him up, and set a seal upon him, that he should deceive the nations no more, till the thousand years should be fulfilled, and after that he must be loosed a little season. So here, you see how God is breaking up the history of the world. 11,000 years until Christ, and Christ accomplishes his purpose of, of demonstrating the things he did from the foundation of the world when he goes to the cross. And at the cross, Satan is bound for 
a thousand years. Eleven thousand plus one thousand equals twelve thousand. And we read in verse seven of Revelation twenty, and when the thousand years are expired, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison. So in one sense, Satan should have been loose after 12,000 years of history, except the thousand-year figure is a spiritual figure to represent the completeness of his binding. And so the thousand years, in actuality, turned out to be 1,955 years. And notice how it worked out in the year 1988, which identifies with 12,000 years exactly, 11,000 years Old Testament until Christ, 1,000 years binding, and 12,000 years the time expires, Satan is loosed. But it's actually the 13,000th year of Earth's history. That's another reason why 13,000 that year uh, to the very year is so significant, so important, because it should be 12,000, but turns out to be 13,000 years of history. So when God says, it is day shall be 120 years, and 120 is 10 times 12, 12,000 is 10 times 10 times 10 times 12, it, it's the same numbers except multiples of 10 in in one case, same emphasis, 10, completeness, 12, fullness. The complete fullness of time for mankind, 12,000 years. But, again, it works out to actually 13,000 years. You know, um, the Bible tells us in Deuteronomy 32. And it's interesting because Deuteronomy 32 is part of Moses' last address to the people of Israel. And if you go back to Deuteronomy 31, it says in verse 1, And Moses went and spake these words unto all Israel. And he said unto them, I am a 120 years old this day. I can no more go out and come in. Also Jehovah has said unto me, Thou shalt not go over this Jordan. So Moses is 120 years old that day. And and then he will address Israel over the next several chapters. And that's our timeline, isn't it, in Genesis 6? The, uh, yet his days will be 120. And, and when Moses is 120 years old, it says in Deuteronomy 32, verse 8, and this would be, God revealing this information through Moses. When the Most High divided to the nations their inheritance, when he separated the sons of Adam, he set the bounds of the people according to the number of the children of Israel. Notice how it goes back to the separation of the sons of Adam. Cain and Abel were sons of Adam that God separated. And there was a line of Cain, those that wandered, that were separated from God because of their sin. And there was a line of 
Abel that turned into Seth that was counted for the true line of believers. And so God says he set the bounds of the people. The bound is the limitation. You know, like the oceans have bounds. They can uh, go to a point, but no farther. And so is it with mankind. God has established a boundary. He has set the bounds of the people, or the sons of Adam, which would be mankind, to a certain point. But he set the bounds of the people according to the number of the children of Israel. And there were how many children of Israel, or how many tribes? Well, remember, Israel is Jacob, and he had 12 sons, didn't he, who turned into the tribes of Israel. And and so 12 tribes, just like the number 120, the emphasis is on the number 12 fullness. The number for mankind, the history of the world, should expire and the allotted time should come to an end after 12,000 years of history, according to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel. And yet, there, there were 12 tribes. But remember, God blessed Joseph when he was in Egypt. And Joseph had two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh. And God gave Joseph an extra portion and, and, and blessed him that way so that Joseph became two tribes. And therefore, the twelve sons of Jacob became thirteen sons of Jacob, or the twelve tribes were in actuality thirteen tribes. We, we have the same pattern, the same idea. And it actually works that way with the apostles in the New Testament. There were 12 apostles, and and then Judas went and hanged himself, and they chose another apostle by Lot, Matthias. And then later, though, God selected the apostle Paul. We, We constantly call him the apostle Paul. And he would say the least of the apostles, but nonetheless an apostle. He was the 13th apostle. 12 apostles, yet 13. 12 tribes of Israel, yet 13. 12,000 years of history for the world, yet 13,000 years. And, and so the, the 120 year reference points to the complete fullness of time for mankind, which will go to the point of 13,000 years of history, to the point of Satan's loosing, which is the Great Tribulation and the time that begins the end phase, the end stage for the history of the world. And that's all in view here with this statement, yet his day shall be 120 years. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. 
You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.